everybody. Welcome back to another episode of I Totally Get That, the podcast that gives unsolicited advice about life, friendships, dating, and all that good stuff in between. I'm your host, Nat, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Whether you're listening to this in the car, um, while you do chores, while you cook, whatever it is that you're doing, I hope you're having a fantastic, wonderful, amazing day because now you are listening to my beautiful voice. Just kidding. That sounded very pretentious. Um, <laughs> but thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't already, please follow this podcast on Apple or Spotify. And if you enjoyed today's episode or you've enjoyed past episodes, please share it with someone who you think two might benefit from an episode whether that's your neighbor your dog walker your friend your barista whoever it is spread the word share my podcast i recently had a really good conversation with my therapist shout out to my therapist she's my girl she keeps it real and i don't know what i would do without her Although I probably shouldn't be saying that because I'm like, I need to learn how to cope without my therapist probably eventually. But right now, I love her. She's great. So I was complaining to her about how I had recently been told that I was extremely emotional. And I was telling her, like, you know, the audacity of this person to call me emotional. Like, I can't believe they said that. They Like, I don't like being called overdramatic or overly emotional. And when I paused, she was like, well, what's wrong with being emotional? Like, as humans, we are wired to be emotional. And there's nothing wrong with that. And she was asking me, like, why do you think that being emotional is a bad thing? And I was like, well, let's go all the way back to my childhood trauma. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, oh, somebody light the cigar, turn off the light, because this is going to be a long day. Um, no, but I, <laughs> I, I started to like walk through, you know, just past memories that I had. And what it came down to is, I mean, I grew up in a black and brown household. And I think culturally, we are just taught to suppress our emotions Um, I think for many reasons, like for the black community, um, there's so many different layers as to why that's a thing, right? Like, especially as a black woman or a black presenting woman, because I'm also Latina, I, I don't want to be perceived as like the angry black woman, right? Like people see that as a negative thing. So if I'm being emotional, people usually interpret that as something bad as like, oh, she's too much. Oh, she's causing trauma or she's causing causing issues. She's rocking the boat too much. Um, And so being overly emotional, it just like never really plays out in, in your favor as a person of color. Most of the time, you know, like if I get pulled over by a cop, I'm not going to start crying hysterically. Like, you know, Karen down the street would do like the white woman who has never gotten pulled over before like the response to her versus me as a black woman is obviously going to be very very different and if you don't agree then I would just suggest maybe you need to do some reading um (laughs) about racism in America but 
it's just so different, I think, for people of color. So I understand why we're taught these things. And also just because probably like all of the oppression and things that we experience, um, like you just have to consistently be resilient because there's so many barriers. There's so many roadblocks, you know, when it comes to trying to, you know, live <laughs> in this country, at least in America. Um, and so, you know, like my mom would always tell me not to tell people my business, not to um, don't be so overdramatic, like you don't need to cry, brush your knees off, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and keep moving forward. Um, and so I think the fact that I always did that was such a bad thing because I felt like I needed to pretend like everything was okay so that nobody would um, suspect anything or like so that like my parents wouldn't get upset with me. I didn't want to cause um, any issues in our house because there are already so many other things happening. And so by choosing not to express my emotions and like what I was truly feeling. Um, it helped me to avoid even more trauma. <laughs> That's so sad. It's like, okay, I was causing more trauma on myself in order to avoid trauma. Like make it make sense. Um, I mean, I was a child. It's okay. Um, <laughs> poor little Natalie. But, you know, like I – I think that is a huge reason why, obviously, I have viewed being emotional as a bad thing um, because it's always caused consequences from people that, you know, I look up to like or my elders, people like um, who were the ones that raised me, um, you know, just thinking back to to elementary school, middle school, high school, even going a little bit into college. I was always a very high performer. I, you know, I was very good at school. Um, I mean, I was decent in extracurriculars. I wasn't like an all-star basketball player, but I was decent. Um, <laughs> and I feel like I did those things because, one, it was a way that I could just take out or I could, like, express myself or – um it was like an outlet for my emotions, right? It was like, okay, I'm just going to use this as a way to just um, be able to deal with what's going on at home and just be able to deal like with the mental health battles that I was dealing with as a teenager. But I didn't even realize until, you know, later on into adulthood because yay therapy. But you know, I always did these things because I didn't want people to think that you know, there was something wrong with me. I didn't want to come to school crying. I didn't want to come to school looking like a hot mess. So I always presented myself very well, you know, showered, fresh, stylish, um, looking great because I wanted to draw any attention away from that. I didn't want people to think that I was sad, I was stressed, I was anxious or any type of negative emotion, but rather I wanted to be seen as someone who just had it all together, someone who um, was always in a good mood, um, someone who was just very high performing. And so I feel like because 
of the way that people responded to that positive way I presented myself that I felt like that was another reason why I couldn't openly express how I was feeling. I couldn't openly express my emotions because if I did anything different, then I was like, oh my gosh, then people are going to think that, you know, I'm crazy or there's something wrong with me. Um, just, just like also reminds me, there was a teacher that I had in high school who used to call me smiley because I was always smiling. I was always laughing, you know, always just like really kind to my peers. And I think about it sometimes and I'm just like that. It's kind of upsetting because I feel like as an adult, especially an educator, maybe I'm just saying this because I was that kid, but any kid who is a very high performing in a class, I feel like can sometimes be a red flag because there might be some deeper reasons as to why they are overperforming. For me, it was because I didn't want people knowing that my home life was a hot mess express. <laughs> it was so bad. I was basically living with like divorced parents in the same household who didn't talk to each other and like lived on separate sides of our house. It was bonkers. Um, and so obviously that had an emotion that made an, caused an emotional toll on me as a teenager. Um, and so, you know, there were so many other issues too, but I chose to overperform in school and just, you know, be the best that I could be so that it wouldn't cause any problems. I didn't want to cause a problem for my parents for, you know, teachers to call home and be like, why isn't Allie always late to school? Why isn't she doing her homework? Why is she acting up in class? Um, cause I will say one of my siblings I think was probably, you know, maybe my polar opposite. And so for me, I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to cause any more drama. And so I'm just going to, you know, keep my hand down, be quiet as a mouse, be nice to others, get straight A's, whatever, it, whatever I need to do. And I think, you know, I'm sure my teacher meant well, but just calling me smiley, I just felt like it also it added another level of pressure to me to always be to like continue to maintain that reputation because then my peers also started calling me smiley and they also like would always say like, oh, my gosh, you're the nicest person in the world or like, you know, you would never hurt a fly or, you know, you're always just so wonderful. And well, sure, that's great to hear. It's also like, you know. Sometimes that might not be true. Some days I might feel like being mean to someone or I might feel angry. I might feel overly stressed and it's okay to feel those things. I mean, of course, you know, expressing those things in a respectful way, in a way that's not going to hurt others is, is very important. But like, um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm sure she's a great person, but I just really did not like that she used to call me smiley. I just thought it was not great. Because, you know, later on in high school, I ended up having a really wonderful teacher. And, of course, he was a psychology teacher. My high school was great because we actually had a psychology class, which I guess a lot of schools don't have, which they should. Because I'm like, if anything, psychology is in extremely important during those years. But I remember the first day in his class. And I remember where I sat, too. I sat, like, all the way in the back. Um, I This was, like, one of the first classes I had where I didn't know anybody because I was um, always in the, like, honors classes, not to sound pretentious, but, yeah, I was a smart kid. So, yes, I was in honors classes and AP classes. So I was always around the same people. But this psychology class 
it's what we call that school the one like a regular class which sounds awful i can't believe we anyway but it was a, ki- a class with quote unquote the regular kids so i didn't know very many people it was a lot of upperclassmen so i was like pretty solo in that class so i remember just sitting by myself you know keeping to myself not really like engaging with others too much doing the assignment we were told to do on the first day and i remember just like he would he was going around the room making everyone introduce themselves doing all of those cheesy icebreakers and i remember the first thing he said to me was i'm gonna bring your walls down by the end of this year and i was like excuse me (laughs) i was like whatever do you mean i was like what walls like i am over here quiet as a mouse just minding my business sir like back the tow truck up um but i just also remember thinking like oh man he can see right through me It's like he knew exactly the type of kid that I was. He knew that I was struggling. And of course, you know, by the end of the couple of years that I ended up having him in high school, he learned so much about me. And he knew there was like way more to me than just being a straight A student, a student that, you know, always followed the rules, showed up to things on time, yada, yada, yada. Um, And I just thought that that was that was really wonderful. Um, so yeah, I think there's obviously both spectrums to this. There's anyway, okay, we're getting off on a tangent, but (laughs) I think you get the idea that, you know, I was someone who just really, really suppressed my emotions or at least what I uh, perceived as negative emotions because I just didn't want to draw attention to me. And I was taught that, you know, telling people your business or just like, presenting yourself in that way is just never going to benefit you in any way, shape, or form. And so going back to this recent situation that I experienced with someone, them telling me that I was like extremely emotional and they were saying it in a negative connotation. Um, I, oh, it was just like such a dagger to my stomach. And I think, um, I've come to realize, especially after talking to my therapist, is that there is nothing wrong with being emotional. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with feeling things. There's nothing wrong, you know, with being empathetic. And one thing that she said to me that I will always remember, let me look at this. Let me look at my phone because (laughs) I need to read this so I don't screw it up. Um, So she said, Your emotions are feedback from the environment that you're currently in. I'll say it again. Your emotions are feedback from the environment that you're currently in. And when she said that, she was basically like, you know, you're feeling stressed or you're you're feeling anxious or, you know, upset when you talk to that person, which is why they're saying that you're emotional. And so the fact that they're saying that, they're saying it towards you like it's a bad thing. But she was like, kind of, she's like, you can flip it on them. Tell them that I'm acting this way because of the way that you're coming at me or because of what just happened in whatever situation that made me feel this way. 
because my emotions are feedback of the environment that I'm in. And right now, the things that you're saying to me and the things that you just did made me feel upset or made me feel unsafe, made me feel uncomfortable. And so that is why I am oozing with these emotions right now because of your actions. Because nobody can tell you how to feel. You know, that's one thing that I just always hold on to, right? Like someone can't, like this person can't come and say, oh, well, you're not feeling upset. Like you can't feel upset. Like, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you inside of my brain right now? Are you, did you just experience what I just experienced? No, you did not. I have, you know, I have the right to feel the way that I feel. There's nothing you could do to change that right now. I, it's already in the past. And I think there's a lot of power in that. And so that is just something that I'm going to keep in my back pocket the next time somebody says I'm overly dramatic, I'm too emotional, I'm this, I'm that, whatever. I'm going to be like, you know what? Being emotional is not a bad thing. It is actually a great thing to be um, in tune with your emotions, to be emotionally intelligent, to be empathetic. Like that is – those are such important life skills. Like let me just – let me just say that – being emotionally intelligent and just like empathetic in general, I feel like you use those in all, all parts of life, whether that is in your friendships, with your family, in romantic relationships, even in the workplace. Like being empathetic to other people is so important and, and it helps you build really authentic relationships. It helps you build trust with people because, you know, let's say you see like, oh my gosh, Betty down the hall. She's going through a divorce right now. Um, she just lost her kids or, you know, something like really tragic just happened. When you know things like that and you see like how it's affecting them, maybe you see like, oh, like, you know, Betty's been really, really down lately. Like she hasn't really been engaging with anyone in the lunchroom. Um, you know, her appearance is a little bit different. Uh, she hasn't really been pulling her weight on this project we're working on. But when you have empathy, rather than being like, what the heck is wrong with Betty? Why the heck is she acting so weird? Why is she showing up late? Why isn't she talking to anybody? If you have empathy, you would see it differently and you would show them like a little bit more grace. Like, oh man, like I'm sure she is going through a really difficult time right now. And while I haven't experienced something like that, I'm sure that is something really, really difficult for her to manage. Like, I don't know if she has a support group or a support system that can help her get through this, but it's clear that, you know, this situation is really, really hurting her. And it's evident, obviously, in the way that she's been engaging with others or her performance in the office. So maybe I should help her out and maybe I should show her some kindness or maybe, you know, like she needs to take some time off. So maybe I'll like recommend that she, you know, takes a little bit of time off to take care of herself. You know, I think that can go such a long way, um, especially now, because a lot of people especially in the corporate world, are just all for themselves. They will do anything they can to move up and continue promoting and elevating themselves. And if if it means just stepping all over Betty <laughs> and just, you know, turning your head 
instead of trying to help her or like recognizing that this person needs some extra support um you know a lot of people are quick to just like not want to have anything to do with it but i think being empathetic you know that's going to help you one like it's just being a good person Two, it's probably going to help you build a stronger relationship with Betty. She's going to have a lot more respect for you. And hopefully it's going to build trust in a relationship that might even build a friendship with them. Um, And if, let's say, you never know what happens. Life throws so many curveballs at you. Maybe later down the line, you go through something difficult. Maybe you, um, someone in your life passes away or, you know, someone becomes like terminally ill, whatever it may be that person may end up kind of like returning the favor. You know, the karma is going to come back to you. It's like, oh, wow, like Natalie was so empathetic and so kind and understanding when I was going through a divorce. Like she really helped me like pull my weight. Um, She was very supportive. So I'm going to show her the same kindness. Like I'm going to help her out too. I'm going to be an advocate for her in the workplace. You know, like it just goes a long way. I feel like people don't think about that. Not saying that you should only do things because like it's going to benefit you in the future. Like you should just do things because it's just like, I don't know. I feel like that's just like one-on-one of being a good person, but (laughs) being a decent person. But I mean, just thinking about like if you're really, really skeptical about, you know, showing empathy, think about it that way at least. Um, I mean, I personally have gone through countless situations in the workplace where my management did not show any empathy. And I think that really tainted the relationship that I had with them. So overall, just being an emotionally intelligent, empathetic person is really important. And I think there should be a lot more... um, respect for it like it is not a bad thing to be emotional if there's anyone listening to this who has also been told that they are too overly emotional I just want to let you know that it is okay to be emotional like it is not a bad thing to be emotional if anything the person telling you that is probably just not in tune with their own emotions and they have a lot of healing to do and just a lot of they need to go to a lot of therapy or something because being emotional is human um and sure maybe some people express their emotions a little bit more um is ostentatious the right word like a little bit more i don't want to say aggressively either but like maybe they're just a little bit more open about their emotions that's okay as long as you're not like you know punching walls or something or just like hurting others because you're angry or you know, you're feeling jealous or whatever emotions you're feeling, like, it's okay to be emotional. So anyone who tells you that in a negative context, send them to me because I will give them a lecture. (laughs) When I think about how I am an emotional person, I also reflect back on past romantic relationships situationships whatever we want to call them that I've had because I feel like I've you know often been told that I'm emotional (laughs) or like by people that are very close to me or people who get to know me very well and I just want to say that I feel like guys have told me this one probably because 
um, they themselves are just not in tune with their emotions. And so anyone who's able to articulate how they're feeling in any point in time is intimidating to them too because they're not familiar with it. They just don't know how to react. Um, And three, maybe it's kind of like eye-opening that like they aren't as mature as they thought they were. Um, (laughs) But it made me think too about a recent relationship that I was in. Um, And of course, while this person is someone who I still deeply care about and have a lot of respect for, I think I was like often told that like I was being overly dramatic and I kind of wish that I could go back in time and stand up for myself a little bit better because I think it was such a common trend and it's I I don't know I feel like guys um will often say that someone is or like a woman is just being too much she's too much she's too dramatic she's too emotional Um, And granted, maybe some people are very, very, very emotional people. And that's just like not something that everyone can vibe with. Um, But I don't know. I feel like guys just use that, like say that way too freely. And that's something that I hope in future relationships I will have like someone who is also like very emotionally intelligent and mature and comfortable talking about their feelings like I think something to like the next person that I am with like I it is a requirement for that man to be in therapy or just have like absolutely no hesitations to do therapy because it's just so important and I don't Well, I guess I do understand, like, it is scary to go to therapy for the first time. I think a common thing I hear is, like, people are scared what they're going to find out about themselves or, like, they just don't want to be faced with the truth, like, things that they've suppressed for, like, their entire life or something. And that's understandable. Like, that's scary to face. But it's like, are you going to just, like, you know, live like that your entire life? Like, you would rather not address it forever? Like, no. No. Um, so that's something that is super important to me. Um, not saying that my past partner was like not supportive. I think he, he liked that I went or he like, I don't know, maybe he was indifferent to me going to therapy, but like he himself didn't really seem interested in ever going to therapy. Um, (laughs) and I don't know. I just, it's something that I really hope in future relationships that will be prioritized. I think another moment or like one moment specifically where I felt obviously extremely emotional was when um, my ex and I broke up. Um, And that was because I felt kind of, I don't know, like lost, (laughs) which is really sad. I think going through a breakup is something that really shows you how to like one I guess like manage your emotions or like figure out what are things that are going to help you to cope and help you to um like build your resilience and move move forward um because when this relationship ended 
I re- I just remember feeling so sad. Like I <laughs> um I I just remember feeling like, "Oh my gosh, like I don't know what I'm going to do." Because it had become a relationship where I think more than I would like to admit, we were very codependent on each other. Um and so the thought of like or just like recognizing that that person was no longer going to be a constant in my life in the same way at least was just such a gut punch and I I remember just crying uncontrollably like a big baby it was so sad I remember um I had to get my hair done and if you know me like I I have black hair, so I get um, protective styles. And one of the styles is individual braids. So I have like tons of these tiny little braids. So it usually takes at least like five hours for the stylist to do. And I remember um, just not wanting to talk to my ex after we ended things. Because I was like, I just need space. I need to process all of this. I don't really want to engage with you because – it's just going to make me sad and I think we just need space from each other. And instead he was like, come on, like, let's just like, let's talk or like, let's just like meet up one last time. And I was like, no, no, no. And all of this was happening during my appointment. And I just remember I started bawling and I don't even know if this stylist noticed. I hope she didn't. She's probably like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? Um, but I just started crying uncontrollably and I kept trying to like wipe my tears, but they just kept coming. Like no matter what I did, I couldn't stop. And I'm pretty sure she had like Coco Melon on in the back for her kid to watch. And I even watching that, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it was so bad. Um, And just thinking about how I allowed myself to wallow during that time, I am a little bit proud of myself because I think normally I would have just tried to ignore what I was feeling and just like I've always done, pick myself up from the bootstraps and keep moving forward. Like, oh, nothing happened. Everything's okay. And instead, like I talked to some of my good friends about it. Um, I journaled about it. I wrote about it. Um, Like I tried to do everything that I could to just release all of the emotions and all of the thoughts that I was feeling. And I think that was really, really helpful. Like I allowed myself to be sad. And I think that's something um, that a lot of people need to be more accepting of, that it's okay to wallow and give yourself space to be sad. (laughs) And I I talked about this. I think I've talked about this before. Maybe I talked about it in the Valentine's Day episode. Um, But allowing yourself time to grieve is totally okay. Because when you break up with someone, you go through the different stages of grief. Um, And one of those stages, I think, is probably like being really sad (laughs) and so it's okay it's totally normal and I think another thing that helped me through that time was remembering that there are thousands if not millions of people in the world who have dealt with a breakup who have just 
felt just complete devastation um, and just felt really sad over losing somebody that they loved really like a lot. There's so many people who can relate. There's so many books out there. I'm sure there's tons of podcasts. I mean, there's whole like there's rom-coms about heartbreak. Like it's everywhere. And I think that's something that I kept in mind and I hope like in the future I will keep in mind because I feel like when you go through something that sad and that emotional, you're like, oh my God, it feels like I'm the only one going through this. Like nobody understands. Um, Like this is such like this is such a different situation from other people. Like you just don't get it. And it's like, no, that's not true. Like other people do get it. People do understand. I feel like that's um, it's definitely something that everyone or if not most people have experienced or will experience in their lifetime. Breakups are definitely one of the most, most emotional moments that I have experienced. And something that really also helped me a lot was learning how to be in solitude again. And I will always talk about this, so you're probably going to get sick of me talking about this, but it is so important to be comfortable with being alone. I think being in solitude is so different from being lonely. I feel like I want to reach a comfortable level of being alone so that like I can enjoy solitude because I... If I am not feeling comfortable with myself, confident in who I am, um, if I don't know what I want or I feel like I need somebody else to – in order for me to function, that is just like not good. <laughs> like I, I want to be whole and complete and feel good with being alone because if you're not, it's like you probably shouldn't be in a relationship because – sorry to break it to you but no one is ever going to make you feel complete you are always going to feel a void if you're look if you're only going into relationships to fill some type of hole that you have oh that's what she said that sounded really bad but you get what I'm saying (laughs) um And it's funny, I was um, I was listening to Tyler Cameron, one of Tyler Cameron's podcasts. He was a contestant on The Bachelorette, and they were talking about this. He was talking about how, um, you know, the best place to meet someone is like probably it's probably going to happen when you are like out and about doing things on your own. He was talking about how like you should just go to dinner with your by yourself. Like chances are. There's going to be other people who too are like having dinner by themselves and that might open the door for you to make a connection with someone because it is like I've said that I said this in the last episode, it is a lot more difficult for someone to approach you when you are with a group of people versus like when you're by yourself because it's like less intimidating. It's also like sometimes maybe people don't want to make a scene about like trying to hit on you or something, but Anyway, being by yourself, being comfortable in solitude is something that will help you in the long run. And while I am learning how to 
like get back into it, I just can tell you that there's so many benefits to it. And I think after a breakup, especially if if you were in a relationship where you like completely lost yourself, then you probably need to dedicate a lot of time to one healing, but two, one of the most important things, learning how to be comfortable with yourself. Because when you go through a breakup, like especially maybe if you lived together or you saw each other every day um, or you called each other every single day, you know, maybe you're texting every day, whatever it is, you have to learn like when you break up, you have to learn how to deal with um, not having that anymore, not having someone to come home to, not having someone to go grocery shopping with or someone to call when like you don't know how to set something up in your house or like if you have a quick question about something like you no longer have your significant other to be like that you're like emergency contact for things right and that can be a huge adjustment of course I think that's when friends become really 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 important especially if like you're someone who maybe you cut off friendships or like you didn't invest as much time and effort into your friendships while you were in a romantic relationship um a breakup is a perfect excuse to rekindle those friendships that you used to like you know invest a lot of time in because now like those people can hopefully be your go-to person when you no longer have um, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I think another difficult thing about going through a breakup is at least I feel like when it first happens or I don't know, I'm sure this varies across the board. At least for me, it's like I just did not want anything to do with dating I was like I do not want to talk to anybody I have absolutely no interest like I can't even fathom putting myself out there right now like I'm just no I'm just not ready for that and I felt like I don't I didn't know if I was ever going to be ready but I promise you with time um, you will be able to heal and you'll find yourself in a place where one day you're gonna be like you know what I'm going to go out and I want to have a good time and, you know, I want to make connections with new people. It'll be kind of like a light bulb going off and you'll be able to feel comfortable again putting yourself out there. But one thing I will say is that <laughs> when you get back on the apps, I think it's totally normal to just be extremely bored with everyone that you match with um, and I'm saying this of course if you actually use dating apps but something I've noticed is that I will compare every single person that I match with to my ex so I think about like oh like this person is just like not funny <laughs> or like they're not really like in with I don't know what's going on in the world like they're not like politically aware like this is just like not like this person is just ain't it and I just like I feel like it becomes so easy to just like want to find someone who is like very similar to the person that you were previously with um 
especially if it was a relationship that maybe didn't necessarily end on bad terms uh, and more so like you just weren't compatible with each other, like your values didn't line up or like your plans for the future didn't line up. And so it's easy to just want to find a carbon copy of that person because of the comfort. Um, And it's like, it's which is like kind of a problem because it's like sometimes it's like you can't just look for something that is going to be comfortable because you and that person broke up for a reason so (laughs) you're gonna need to find someone who sure maybe they're similar but there's gonna have to be some types of differences in order for that for like that new relationship to be sustainable for the future but I think going back to like being um, being alone and whatnot, I think like I feel like for my past relationship, when we met on the apps, it was when like I had gotten on the apps because I was like, eh, I'm bored. <laughs> like maybe let's just like give this a shot. If I match with someone cool, maybe I'll go out on a fun date. But like I'm not really looking to I'm not expecting to find the love of my life on this app. That was kind of like the mentality that I had. And then we matched and like we started talking and I was like, oh, wow, like we just hit it off like right from the get go. And I feel like sometimes when you least expect it is when good things will happen. And so maybe just like don't be so hard on yourself when you're on the apps. Like don't be so nitpicky or don't. Like you don't – you can, of course – I'm not saying like to not um, be articulate with what your intentions are. Like if you want a serious relationship, like sure, put that on your profile and make sure you like share that with people. But at the same time, like don't be so quick to shut things down. Like go into it with an open mind and like also just like be easy on yourself. Um, don't be so hard on yourself and like – when you when you can't find like match with someone that you really really click with sometimes it just takes time and sometimes it like like for me it happens when you least expect it and I think the same goes out goes for like when you go out with friends or even if you go out alone like I remember in college a lot of um my friends and my peers like when they would go out to a function their sole intention would be to hopefully go home with someone at the end of the night. And sure, I guess that's fine for some people. But if you use that as like a way for you to hopefully find um, a serious partner, it's probably not going to happen. And I'm sure there's probably some people who are an exception to the rule. But just go out and have fun for the sake of having fun because if you go out for the sake of like hunting for someone chances are you're probably going to be disappointed or you might end up just settling for some joe schmo that you're not even that interested in but you choose to give a chance because maybe he gave you some type of attention when you were both like both super drunk or something at the bar like it's just i feel like it's just not Maybe it's just, like, not the best idea. I don't know. I don't want to sound, like, super judgy. Like, if you want to, like – because a lot of people always say, if you want to get over someone, get under someone. And I don't necessarily agree with that. But maybe that works for some people. And if that works for you, I guess by all means do that. But I think you need to, like, make sure that your expectation going into that 
is realistic because I don't know if you can necessarily like if you'll necessarily find your future spouse or something in the at the bar. Of course, yes, like I just said, there are exceptions to the rule, but like I don't know. I feel like it might not be the best tactic. But putting myself out there at least, you know, it's been quite some time since this relationship that I'm talking about ended. And yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Like I I mentioned recently, I am trying to get on back on the apps and I probably need to take my own advice because I've been so nitpicky and like people will match with me and, and sometimes they'll send a very thoughtful message and I'm just like, oh, good God, I can't do this. I just can't. Like, I don't want to talk to you. Um, I like, I just, I don't know. It's just not doing it for me. And I think I probably need to like give people more of a chance but it's also kind of showing me that maybe I'm trying to force this too much and I just kind of need to go with the flow. And when things happen, they'll happen. Everything will happen with time. It's not going to – sometimes things just don't happen in like when I want them to happen and they happen when I least expect it. I feel like that's always the case for me. Like when, with really good situations, it's always when I least expect it. Focusing on understanding the benefits of solitude is something that's really, really helping me. And also to the fact that I've been focusing on my health um, physically, mentally, emotionally has worked wonders for me already. So my closing thoughts. For those of you who, one, are learning how to accept that it's okay to be an emotional person or maybe you are learning how to uh, be comfortable in solitude or maybe you're learning how to love yourself a little bit better. Set one goal for yourself this month. It doesn't matter how big or how small. I always recommend starting small. Uh, you, of course, it's really wonderful to have big goals, big dreams, big aspirations. But sometimes starting small is what helps you to jumpstart being able to reach, you know, a greater goal um, because it's motivating. It's exciting when you can meet a smaller goal. But set one goal for yourself so that you can either learn how to be more accepting of who you are. Um, learn how to be more um, comfortable with being alone or just learning how to love yourself a little bit better. So maybe some examples could be um, giving yourself affirmations. So setting set the goal to affirm yourself when you catch yourself being overly critical of being quote unquote, too emotional, or you catch yourself being too critical of yourself, whether it's like, oh, I don't look good today. Uh, like I need to lose weight or, oh my gosh, like I just, I feel gross. Use those as a time to flip it 
It's like for every insult you give yourself, give yourself a compliment. <laughs> Make that a goal. I feel like that is a feasible goal. Maybe write it down. That's something that I do a lot. I write notes in my phone um, when I have thoughts. So when you are feeling overwhelmed with any of those things I mentioned, make it a goal to affirm yourself. It can go a long way. It sounds really cheesy sometimes, but writing it down can be super helpful. And then if you're going through a breakup, maybe set the goal of like going out to dinner by yourself once a month. I think that is very feasible. And trust me when I say nobody is judging you for going out to dinner by yourself. If anything, people are thinking like, wow, that is like really cool. Like I wish I could do that because sometimes I think we get so in our heads about what other people are thinking, thinking that people are like judging us for doing certain things. And really it's like, no, people are way too consumed with their own, their own insecurities and their own drama and their own like mess of whatever's going on in their life to be concerned with what you're doing so maybe use that as a goal you of course you don't have to but set some goals and hold yourself accountable like hold yourself to those goals maybe tell a friend tell me if you have a goal that you want to set and you want to make sure that um you you reach at the end of the time that you set it for but with that those are all my thoughts for today. <laughs> Hopefully um, you had some good takeaways from today's episode. And as always, if you enjoyed um, anything that I said today, please subscribe if you haven't already to this podcast. Um, give me a good rating and review and share this episode with someone who you think might benefit from any of the words of wisdom that I shared with you today. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.